Hello and welcome to the Achieve Your Goals podcast, the show that empowers you to wake up to your full potential and achieve your biggest goals and dreams. I am your host, Hal Elrod, and I invite you to join us each week as we share actionable strategies to take your life to the next level, as well as interview world-class experts and entrepreneurs who have achieved extraordinary goals themselves, and we ask them to give you a peek behind the curtain and teach you exactly what you need to do to do the same. Ready? Here we go. Goal Achievers, welcome to the Achiever Girls podcast. This is your host and your friend, Hal Elrod. And uh, I'm going to start by telling you, I'm not exactly sure where we're going to go today. Uh, <laughs> uh, number one, I'm sitting on my daughter's bed. We have construction being done in our house and it's loud everywhere, even here. So I'm in this different space physically in a different environment. And I've got a lot of things on my mind and I've got some things I want to chat with you about, but I'm not exactly sure what direction we are going to head. So I've been sitting here for like 30 minutes just making notes and going, I just, I just need to start. And I decided I'm going to be transparent. This is a conversation, right? It's like if you walked in the door right now and you're like, Hal, what's up? And I would be like, you know what? My mind's going all over the place, but uh, let's see what comes out of this. So that's where we're going to go. We're just going to have an open dialogue, just a conversation, just me and you and the other, I don't know how many people are listening to this, but we're all having a conversation. I guess it's kind of a one-sided conversation. You're listening to me, which if you've ever gone out to eat with me, I can sometimes be a talkaholic and then you actually, that's the conversation anyway. I try to be a better listener all the time and I've been working on that for like 20 years, but uh, I get excited about stuff and then I just start talking and then like five minutes goes by or 10 minutes or what seems like an eternity in my head and then I realize in my head as I'm talking, I don't think I have asked this person a question in like 10 minutes. I'm just talking at them. What am I doing? So anyway, Let's do a little bit of that today. One of the things I want to talk about, so I went to, last night, I went to a dinner, a new friend of mine, pretty new friend, JP Sears. My friend Joe Polish introduced us a few months back. You may know JP. JP puts out these videos that are really funny. JP has the long red hair and the purple shirt that he usually wears, unless he's dressed in like a thong on his recent video. He wears some pretty funny outlandish outfits, but uh, a super funny guy, super sweet and just generous and genuine human being. And that's how Joe Polish introduced me to J.P. Sears was just like his being funny is the least important or least significant thing about who he is. He's just such a really special, sweet, awesome, spiritual human being. Uh, He's the author of the book, Becoming Ultra Spiritual. I believe that's the title. And uh, we have some fun videos that'll be coming out here in the next few months to promote the Miracle Morning movie. And that's actually a quick announcement. The Miracle Morning movie is almost done. So there's actually no real announcement. There's, you have to wait longer. That's, that's the announcement. You have to wait longer. It's not ready yet. There's nowhere to go watch it. But uh, uh, yeah, it's my first experience with the film and with the documentary. And uh, it ended up being better than I imagined and taking longer than I imagined. So I did get an email from our director, Nick Conadera, yesterday, and he's like, it is almost done. Look, there's all these technical elements, the color and the sound and all this stuff. And so, yeah, we're almost done. That's exciting. But so JP and I did some videos for that. Last night, JP invited me to a dinner here in Austin at a new friend's house, and uh, or a new friend for me, someone JP's been really good friends with for a long time. JP highly recommended this individual. And we went, his house is 0.9 miles from mine. So it worked out really convenient. And uh, went over there and spent some time with Brandon Hawk, H-A-W-K, Brandon Hawk. You can find him online at brandonhawk.com. Really, really beautiful human being, very much like JP, just a sweet soul. In fact, 
we were about to break bread together and I had never met him and his wife. It was the first time my wife and I and my kids, we all went over there and he's got some kids, our kids' ages. And we went over there and there's probably a dozen or 14, 16 people in the house, all couples. The kids were out running around and uh, we gathered around in his kitchen and he had us all hold hands, which I thought was beautiful. And he had us right before we broke bread he said, I just want to acknowledge everybody for being here. And it's such a beautiful thing. And it means so much to me that people I love, that I can be with you and be around you and connect with you. And, you know, we're all holding hands. I'm holding my wife's hand on the left. I'm holding a new friend, Sonny, who I'd never met before. Uh, we're holding hands, he and I on the right. And um, it really, well, hopefully there's some value in this for you. And what it did for me is I, as he's doing this, I go, man, he basically just spoke what this meant to him having us over. He invited any of us to share anything that we wanted to share. And I'll just share with you what I shared with him. I said, Brandon, I said, you are leading by example right now and you're really inspiring me. I said, I have people over all the time. You know, my wife loves to entertain and we have people over, but I'm kind of an introvert. And I don't know if I not take it for granted. I'm grateful. I always journal about them being there and how grateful I am to be with my friends, but I don't ever speak up and say anything while they're there usually. And so I said, you've inspired me. I, you know, every time I have people over, I'm going to probably stand in a circle in the kitchen with them with our hands being held, you know, holding one another's hands and just acknowledge everyone and how much I love and appreciate my friends and family and circle of influence. And so I thought that was really cool. Um, where was I going with that? Oh, here's what it is. And this might just be the topic of the show. We might keep this one quick. I know it's some random thoughts here to start us off, but I had a conversation during dinner with another new a gentleman, new friend, and we were talking about reading. And obviously reading is, for I think almost everybody who listens to the podcast, reading is probably a part of your life in your world, right? Reading personal development books or professional development books. And it's something that I think most of us do. Some of us have it all figured out. Some of us are still trying to figure it out. When I say figure it out, I mean figure out which books or books should I read? How many books at a time should I read? You know, is there any value to reading book summaries? What's better, a book summary or the book itself? Or is there a time when the book summary is better versus a time when you should read the entire book? Or should you read them both? Should you speed read? Like there's so many, you know, you think about it, like you could get really deep and really intricate and really complex in your strategy for reading and just digesting, you know, or taking in content. And so we were having a conversation about this last night. And this is what I shared. And so I want to share with you, this is kind of my reading hacks, if you will. I've really been gravitating towards book summaries as of late. And I'm going to give you my favorite apps where you can access book summaries. And I'm going to talk to you about kind of my thoughts on reading book summaries versus the entire book, you know, which way to go, how you should consider this. So here are my thoughts. Obviously, I'm sure you've read books and you read a book and sometimes you read a book and it's great. Sometimes you read a book and it's not great. Sometimes you read a book and there are many great, and I think for most books, there are some parts that are really great and really valuable. And then some maybe that are not so great or kind of drag on. And I'm sure some of my books probably have those elements as well. But here's what I've found. If you look at why am I reading a book? And I just gave a speech last week at Genius Network at the annual event. And the speech was Beyond the Best Seller. That's the title of the speech, Beyond the Best Seller. And I talked about how to create content, whether it was writing a book, and that was kind of the emphasis was how to write a book. So the subtitle of the message was how to write a book that creates a movement, earns you a fortune, and changes the world. 
And by the way, I've done a podcast on this on uh, the Art of Charm podcast. If you Google Hal Elrod Beyond the Bestseller, you should be able to find a video, uh, at least one video and, and an audio or two on that topic. So if you want to hear more about that from me, you can. And it's a book that I'll eventually, I've actually written the rough draft of this book and I'll publish it at some point. But in that book and in that message, I talk about the most important thing that you can do as an author or as a content creator. So if you are a podcaster, and I'm realizing that I don't know that I do this very well as a podcaster. So I just, as I'm saying this, I'm going to make a note (laughs) and we'll see if this episode ends up, if I can pull this off. I don't know if I can because I just now thought of it. But the idea is that the most important thing you can do as a content creator, and I, for me, this is as an author is where this stemmed from, is to change a person's behavior. So if you're an author, you're changing your reader's behavior. If you're a blogger, you're changing your reader's behavior. If you are doing this via email content, you're changing your email subscriber's behavior, right? Whatever human being is on the other end of your content, the idea is to change their behavior. If you think about it, most books don't change our behavior. Most books simply change our thinking. And it's very short-lived. It's very short-term because you know, you're reading it. You've all been there. We've all been there. You're reading a book and you're going, oh my gosh, this is the best book I've ever read. Like idea after idea after idea. You know, it's shifting your paradigm. It's profound. It's, you've never thought about things the way that this book is inspiring you to think about things. It's the greatest thing in the world. Maybe even tell people, oh my gosh, I'm reading this book. It's amazing. You got to read this book. Here's the problem. If all it does is stimulate your thinking and it doesn't change your behavior in a meaningful way, then typically when you're done reading that book, the only thing that you do is start reading a different book, right? You move on from one book to the next and all of those shifts in your thinking typically are very short term because as soon as you start reading the next book, you've got all these new ideas flooding your mind, flooding your consciousness. There's only so much mental capacity that we have for so many ideas at once. In fact, right, Jay Papasan and Gary Keller wrote the book, The One Thing, and there's a lot of research that shows you can actually only focus on one thing at a time. If you're multitasking, you're focusing on one thing at a time and then another thing, then another, you know, that you're going back and forth, but you're really only effectively able to focus, really focus on one thing at a time. So if you read a book and you get a bunch of ideas, but it doesn't change your behavior, then you go on to the next book and you forget all the ideas from the first book. And now you get a bunch of new ideas, greatest ideas ever, greatest things since sliced bread. And then if that book doesn't change your behavior, which most books don't, most books just shift your thinking. You go on to the next book and you go book. And we've all been there, right? Personal development junkies is that label that some of us wear unconsciously. Or even I've done it. I've worn it all the time. I'm still, I'm sure I wear it all the time. But the idea that we consume all this content and then we move on to the next thing. If it doesn't change our behavior, we forget the ideas that could have been life-changing as soon as we're on to the new set of ideas that are life-changing and then on to the new set, onto the new set and so on and so forth. So how is this relevant? Well, you think about this. If you are a reader, so if you're listening and you're like, well, Hal, I'm not a content creator. I don't blog. I don't write a book. I'm not a speaker. I'm not a podcaster. Like I'm not a content creator in any way. That's okay. You're a content receiver, right? If you're listening to this, you're a content receiver. And all of us receive content in some way, especially if we're into personal development, the miracle morning, right? We're learning new things. So here's the point. What's the point of a book? The point of a book really should be to change your behavior in a meaningful way, right? If you read a book, for example, that teaches you how to be a better friend or leader or spouse or parent, and you go, wow, yeah, these are great ideas. But if you don't actually do something differently, if you don't change your behavior, then really nothing changes. You have these great ideas and you feel good. And that's the thing is as personal development junkies, 
we chase the high from one aha moment to the next aha moment. And those aha moments give us the delusion that we're actually growing. And it doesn't mean that we're not growing. I mean, yeah, you can learn something new. It can change your thinking. And then that does change either the way you feel or the way you respond, which is really a behavior change, right? In terms of the way you respond. But ultimately, for a book to be effective, it should actually change or prompt us to change our behavior in some way that positively impacts our life. You read a book on health, you should be eating something that adds to your health or eliminating something from your diet that takes away from your health. You read a book on fitness, you should be doing something differently that improves your fitness level. Not right, not just thinking the different. If you read a book on parenting, you should do something different that impacts your children in a positive way, right? But it's not just thoughts in your head, it's manifest in behavior. And consider that if it simply changes the way you speak to your children or your spouse or the people that you lead as a CEO or your customers as an entrepreneur, if it changes what you say to them or what you type in an email or a blog, if it changes your communication, that is behavior. If you say something different, that is actually a change in your behavior. So understand that behavior is a broad, right? You change behavior by changing something that you say, something that you do, right? There's various ways to change behavior. So I know this is kind of a long-winded way of getting to the point, which, hey, that's my MO, leave me alone. Um, But here's the point, is that when it comes to reading a book, if you really look at, hey, for a book to be really impactful for me, it should change my behavior in a meaningful way. And that doesn't mean changing a lot of things. In fact, very often, simplicity and focus is where the most value comes from. Meaning if you can make one change from a book that you read, then that book has changed your life. And most of us, we get so overwhelmed with so many ideas in a book that we don't change anything. You know, that's where I've gotten feedback from a lot of people where The Miracle Morning was such a life-changing book for people is because it changed their behavior in a meaningful way. You know, they went from, you know, hitting the snooze button in the morning. And many of you, I'm sure listening or probably can relate to this if you've read The Miracle Morning. But right, people that read it, they didn't just read it and go, yeah, these are great ideas and then just keep doing what they were doing. They read it and they were like, oh, wow, okay, so I'm gonna move my alarm clock across the room, right? Behavior change. I'm gonna wake up and I'm gonna drink a full glass of water first thing in the morning. I'm gonna hydrate, right? Behavior change. I'm gonna go in the living room and I'm gonna sit down and I'm gonna do these six practices known as the savers, right? This is all changing someone's behavior in a way that's meaningful for them and that adds value for them. So you, whether you're, if you're a content creator, you should apply this to creating content that changes people's behavior. And if I ever write, or when, I should say, when I write the book Beyond the Bestseller, we're gonna go way in depth on this, of course. And this is like one of five keys to going beyond the bestseller. The behavior change is the most important though. But as a reader, as a receiver, as someone who's into personal development, you need to really focus in on, okay, as I'm consuming any content, whenever, think about this, every day that you consume content, if you read an article, this is really profound. I hope you're listening. I hope you're ready to jot this down. If you read an article, if you read a book or a chapter in a book or a page in a book, right? Whatever. If you listen to a podcast, you should ask yourself as the reader, this is your responsibility. What is one thing that I learned from this content that I can do differently that will add value to my life or to the lives of people who I influence or I impact, who I love, who I lead. And by focusing on doing something that adds value even to somebody else's life, that adds value to your life, right? If you're helping someone else and that hopefully is meaningful to you, then that is simultaneously adding value to their life and to your life. So 
when this comes to reading, the point is that when it comes to book summaries, the point is that a book summary, and I'm going to give you these apps here in a second, my three favorite apps, but a book summary, you know, takes an entire book that might take you a month to read. And then usually anywhere from seven to 20 minutes, you can consume a book summary that distills all of that content from that book into what the summarizer believes is the most valuable aspects of that book. But it's quality over quantity. You know, if you read a 200-page book or a 300-page book, the odds of you being able to implement everything you learned in that book all at once before you're on to the next book, learning new things to implement, right? It's overwhelmed. But if you read a book summary and you can just pull one thing, maybe two, that you can do differently that will add value to your world, to the worlds of the people who are in your life, right? That is extraordinarily valuable. It is quality over quantity. So here's my recommendation. Here's the prescription, if you will. And oh, there is some behavior changes about to come, right? So here we go. We're gonna wrap this up with my three favorite apps and the behavior changes. I encourage you to download these apps. You can download all three. You can pick one if you want. And I'll explain kind of what the differences are in terms of why I like each one. But these are book summary apps. And what I do now, I lean towards book summaries over entire books, but I do both. And here's how I do this. If there's a book that I want to read, I will search all three of these apps for a summary on this book on any of these three apps. And then my fourth option, if it's not on these apps, is I will Google book summary and I will put the title of the book and see if I can find it anywhere else online, right? Getting a book summary. And sometimes it might be a blog or something where somebody summarized it. But you think about it, you can get an entire book's worth of content in 10 minutes or half an hour at the most. How valuable is that? And then you can ask yourself, what can I implement from this book summary that will add value to my world or the world of the people around me? And then and only then, I mean, I won't say only then, you can do whatever you want, but then you can go, okay, now that I've gotten clear on one thing I can do, do I need to go deeper? Like, was this book summary, did this give me a taste of this book being so valuable you know, that I've only scratched the surface through the summary that there's so much more value available to me. Should I buy the entire book? And that's kind of how I do it. That's my process. I start with a book summary or one or two, or sometimes, you know, the book that I'm looking for summary, it'll be on all three apps that I'm about to give you. And I will read all three of the summaries, which will give me, you know, three different summarizers perspectives on this same book. And I'll be like, Ooh, wow. They really pulled out some different content. I really like the way that they framed this. Here are the three apps. The first is called Optimize. Optimize. And that is created by somebody who's become a friend of mine. In fact, he's in the Miracle Morning documentary, Brian Johnson. He created a program called Philosopher Notes. That's what he called his book summaries. They're beautifully done. They're very casual, like meaning they're very well done, but I like the language he uses. It's like you're having a friend tell you about a book that they read where he's giving you great content really summarizing, but he uses language that's kind of fun and like, you know, just down to earth. I love his book summaries. Optimize is the app. The second app I'll give you is Blinkist. B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T. Now what's great about Blinkist is it's the shortest apps. That's always the place that I start because their apps tend to be the shortest. I can read them the fastest or not their apps. I'm sorry, their summaries tend to be the shortest. I can read them the fastest. So Blinkist is usually the first summary I'll read because again, I can just get the overview in the quickest amount of time, shortest amount of time. And then last but not least is InstaRead. InstaRead. 
And they're also a little bit longer summaries. Optimize and InStreet, I haven't done a word count, but they're probably about the same. So those are my three favorite apps for book summaries. Optimize, Blinkist, and InStreet. And that's my reading hack, ladies and gentlemen, is I always start with a book summary. And many times I go, you know what? I got enough from that summary to implement, to do something, to change my behavior in a meaningful way that will add value to my world and or the world of those around me that I don't even need to buy the book. I'm going to move on to the next summary. But think about it. Every day you can read a book, not the entire book, but every day you can read a book summary during your reading time, during your miracle morning. And how complete is that, right? I mean, instead of reading 12 books a year, like a book a month, you can get through an entire book's concept, right? Not every word, not every story. A lot of times books are filler. I'm an author. I mean, you know, I mean, I try to make my books are pretty short usually because I try to make them really impactful and not waste too much time going in tangents. But often you read an entire book and you go, man, I just, that author could have gotten to the point a lot sooner. And I've had some people say that on my books, like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't need all the stories, right? Now, personally, I feel like stories are valuable because you see real life implementation of a concept that you're teaching. So for me, as a reader and as a writer, like I value the stories of people that have implemented what I'm learning about so I can go, oh, that, okay, now I get it. Now I see a scenario where that was put into practice in real life. And that makes me compare how I might implement it. And then I hear another story and I read another story in the book and I go, oh, there is another example. Okay, so that's, val- so I find that valuable. But a lot of times, right, you read a book summary, you get everything that you need. So I'm gonna leave y'all with that. Goal achievers, I know we started random and then we dove in and got, this became a book hacking topic focus for the podcast today. So hope you got value from that. Again, the apps are Blinkist, Optimize, and InstaRead. Check out all three of those. And also, if you did not listen to two episodes ago, the reality check we all need, it was episode 243. And I highly encourage you, if you have not listened to that, go back and listen to that episode. I was just reading the comments and by the way, you can find that at halelrod.com forward slash 243, halelrod.com forward slash 243. I was just reading the comments underneath that episode and they were really profound. I hadn't read those until today and I didn't realize how impactful that episode was for people, but it was really impactful for me to record it because I was sharing things that had impacted my life in a really powerful way. So again, that episode is called The Reality Check We All Need. It was a solo episode like today a little more focused though. And uh, you can find it at halelrod.com forward slash 243. And all of those apps you can find in the app store or search for them online. Goal Achievers, I think that is it for today. No more announcements. I love you. I appreciate you. I'll be back, of course, next week with a new episode of the Achieve Your Goals podcast. And yes, we are all sold out for the best year ever Blueprint Live experience. But for those of you that are listening, that are coming, I will see you in San Diego. By the way, We do have a wait list we just put up. If you didn't get your tickets and you want to go in case anybody has to cancel, which we always have cancellation at the last minute, right? People can't make it for, you know, emergency situations come up, whatever. If you go to bestyourelive.com, by the time you listen to this, I just emailed my web designer today to, hey, set up a wait list. We're sold out. You know, we need to stop selling tickets, but there should be a wait list set up by the time you listen to this episode. So he's got a week to set up the wait list. But bestyoureverlive.com is where you can find that. And if you are already, you have tickets, you got your spot, you're going to be there. I cannot wait to see you in San Diego for another really life-changing weekend at the Best Year Ever Blueprint live experience, December 7th through 9th. 
Goal Achievers, I love you more than you know. Every single one of you, I really, really do. I appreciate you. And uh, I look forward to talking to all of you, each and every one of us, connecting again on next week's podcast episode. Until then, make it a great week. And I will talk to you very, very soon. Thanks for listening. To learn more about the Achieve Your Goals podcast and to get access to today's show notes, transcript, and exclusive content from Hal Elrod, visit halelrod.com forward slash podcast. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Achieve Your Goals podcast.